Hello, everyone, and welcome to Functional Fertility, the podcast designed to demystify your hormones, up-level your lifestyle, and supercharge your fertility potential. I'm your host, Dr. Kalia Waddles, and today we're going to explore one of my most favorite topics, reproductive longevity. We'll look at this through the lens of acupuncture, botanical, and functional medicine with my guest today, Susana Pueyes. She is a holistic hormone and fertility specialist who's been helping women heal their wombs and get pregnant for over a decade. As a functional and Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist, she helps women reverse decades of damage and replenish reserves to fix their cycle and live pain and medication-free while boosting their success at a safe and natural pregnancy. After overcoming her own fertility struggles and high-risk pregnancies, she's committed her practice to helping women prepare for pregnancy so that they can have a safe, enjoyable experience and bring super babies into the world. She works with women all over the globe to achieve optimal levels of healing in her Womb in Bloom program and is the founder of Yoni Sync, an herbal elixir product line that helps harmonize cycles and enhance womb and reproductive health. I've been looking so forward to this. Welcome to the show, Susanna. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful introduction. I'm happy to be here. Well, I know that your passion for supporting fertility was really born out of your own unique experience through fertility and pregnancy challenges. And you have your own story. Like many of us, you were drawn to this healing modality through your own trials and tribulations and ultimately success. But will you tell us a little bit about your origin story as a fertility practitioner? Definitely. I mean, I've been in healthcare for a really long time. And how I got into just holistic healing in general was I worked for an OBGYN and then became an acupuncturist. And in that role, I really like to treat fibroids, cysts, wound stagnations. And that was my path early on. And then I wanted to start a family and it just wasn't happening as easily as it was supposed to. Right. And, um, I had many challenges and miscarriages, and then finally I got pregnant and everything was great. But um, at the 28th week of my pregnancy, I developed a high risk condition called cholestasis. And um, it's really painful, really inconvenient and very, very scary. Um, So after 28 weeks, you are highly monitored and you have to be induced at 37 weeks because the toxicity that builds up in your body because your liver basically starts to fail and the toxins are not, you're not filtering that out through your system. They have the potential of crossing the placenta and the baby can be affected and there's a high risk of stillborn. So at 37 weeks, every woman has to be induced, but you are monitored every single week. So baby's fine. Everything was fine. When I asked about it, they said, don't worry about it. You'll be fine after pregnancy, um, after the pregnancies, after you deliver, and it won't happen again. And so I, I, you know, I had a newborn, but then I started trying to figure out what, why was I having a hard time getting pregnant? And then why did I have such this trauma and this toxicity in my body? And then I had another baby <laughs> and the, the doctor's told me it wasn't going to happen again. It usually doesn't happen. And of course it did. And again, same routine and my baby's totally fine. But then I started questioning, you know, why did it happen again? And they said, we don't know. It's really not normal in our practice as OBGYNs. And they said, you know, it's probably genetic. And um, they knew my health history, my parents' health history it's probably genetic, you know, pregnancy brings up highly inflammatory imbalances, but you're okay. You're okay because you've delivered and your nor- your liver goes back to normal, but I wasn't okay because I wanted answers and um, it was, I was traumatized. And um, luckily during that time, as an acupuncturist, I was getting into functional medicine because my friend's husband was actually going around the country training practitioners like us in integrating functional medicine into our practices. And I thought, 
this is just like Chinese medicine, the theory, the root causes, the underlying imbalances. It's just like Chinese medicine, but we have data and we have tests and we don't have to get very metaphorical like Chinese medicine. And so I was so into it and I did all, I spoke to everybody and they were like, well, what happened to you? It's not genetic. It's totally environmental. And then, you know, meth methylation and all these terms came up. And even though I have a theory in Chinese medicine about how the body works, it's different when you hear it from a sciency perspective, mm -hmm. because I can understand, you know, chemicals in the liver or mercury, blah, 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 can affect you um, more so than very metaphorically saying, you know, you have liver chi stagnation. Well, what am I stagnant with, right? So it bloomed into this. And I had all the help from my colleagues telling me, this is not genetic. Do not give up. You can, you can heal your liver because even though you do deliver and your liver goes back to normal, in functional medicine and in Chinese medicine, the energy of that pathway is still deficient. There's something there that I had to uncover before 10 or 20 years down the line that it becomes into cancer or cirrhosis or these are these are these are the things that we we tap into, right? So nothing was fine. And I, you know, did a lot of exams on myself. My toxicity levels were through the roof. I couldn't even believe how all this was in my system and now in my baby's system. I was floored. And so when I started to work on myself, I integrated that into my practice in a new way. And that's when I started focusing on fertility because it's not just about helping women get pregnant. It's about work, having a safe and healthy pregnancy because what, what I went through twice was so traumatic that I didn't, I wanted more kids, but there, I could not put myself physically through that again. And I have PTSD from it. So I would never wish that on anybody, a high risk pregnancy. So in my fertility work, my motto is, yeah, you may have trouble getting pregnant, but it's probably because of years of backlog of things that will show up in if and when you get pregnant. And we don't want to deal with those. We want you to be happy, you know, be confident if you want a home birth, not scared by it, you know, do everything holistically possible and, and kind of change the way birthing has become, you know, in a hospital and things like that. So that's out of my struggle, I help women really kind of find that beauty in, and not just going through a journey of, I can't get pregnant, but like, what happens when you do? We wanna make sure you are, your environment, your womb is at replenished and as clean and safe as possible. Yeah. Ugh. Beautifully said. And I see so much of myself in your story. Um, I also had a high risk second pregnancy. I had pregnancy induced hypertension and risked out of midwifery care and was devastated. Even though my OB was wonderful, I was so committed to that midwifery birth and um, you know, was induced at 37 weeks and was devastated about that for a while. And the trauma of it is very real. And similarly, I was told, you know, we don't really know why this happens. It's just one of those things and you're fine. So nothing to worry about. But when I dug deeper after that pregnancy, I mean, echoing your story, there were all of these things from a functional medicine perspective that stood out to me. I had super high mercury and there were all these things that no one had investigated, uric acid and chronic inflammation and environmental factors. And I felt like I, um, I missed an opportunity to get myself ready. I just, you don't know what you don't know. And it really informed again, my practice just like you're saying, because you want to save others from the outcome that you experienced. I am so glad that you connected with that. And, you know, we're on the same page. It is so traumatic. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have these ideas of pregnancy being this beautifully harmonic time, which it should be, but we we're not in that world anymore. And it's showing up more and more and more. 
And I feel like now it's it's our mission to really kind of bring this information out there because it's not just about getting pregnant and finding an OB. There, there's multiple levels as to why we're having trouble at a younger and younger age. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, you know, the, I'm glad the story really resonated with you and I am on a mission because it, the trauma is really real. And, you know, when I found out I, that's when I, you know, in, in ancient medicine, the spleen, stomach and nutrition is the, the, the cornerstone of medicine. Right. And so in Western, it's gut health, gut health. And so when I was having my babies, that science was barely coming in. Mm -hmm. Nobody was talking about gut health and the human genome project and methylation. Nobody was talking about that, even though I had it in theory, help clients with nutrition. It's the cornerstone of our medicine. You know, now when we talk about gut health, everybody knows about gut health. Um, but we didn't, I didn't as a practitioner. And then when I did my exams, I, it showed that I had really high beta, beta glucuronidase mm-hmm. and I'm like, what's that? And then I just thought, oh, my toxic estrogen is recycling. How about that? And so it all puts this into perspective. And so, um, we have, we, we have many tools and it's really exciting to put this all together now. It is really exciting. Another Part of your story that just really struck me was you said, this isn't how it was supposed to be. And I hear that from people all the time when, you know, they, maybe they never had a health crisis. They, you know, didn't go to the doctor very often because they thought they were healthy and then they try to get pregnant and it's not working. They're not getting pregnant as quickly as they thought they would. And now they need more intervention and they think this isn't, this isn't how it was supposed to be. And so that's why I love this idea of, uh, a really conscious preconception phase where it's not just about fertility and it's not just about pregnancy, but like you said, it's about cultivating this really abundant health for a safe and healthy pregnancy, but also that gives us longevity and freedom to enjoy this family that we've worked for. And I That's think absolutely both- right on. Yeah. I, and I heard you, I heard you tell that part of your story that you had this condition that you felt could increase your risk for chronic disease. And I certainly felt that way when I had, when I was now 27 years old with hypertension and I was thinking, (laughs) what is this going to do to my cardiovascular risk later in life? I want to be healthy for my babies. And this is why it's so important that we focus on the reproductive longevity piece, because all of those things influence all of the body systems that reduce our risk for osteoporosis, cognitive decline, heart disease, diabetes, all of these things later in life, right? It is all connected. It is all connected. Um, And so, yes, we do specialize in fertility, helping people get pregnant couples. But because those are imbalances, all of those have 30 root causes and And it can show up as fertility problems for you. It can show up as hypertension for somebody else. It can show up as liver disease for me. And so when we talk about, when I talk about fertility, it is about longevity because just because I had babies doesn't mean my work is done to regenerate my liver and my health and my heart down the line, I have to raise my babies and I have to be, you know, I, I, I want to be old enough to see grandbabies and great grandbabies. And it's it fertility and our health is all about your longevity. So when we have hiccups, we have to pay attention. Even if we think we're healthy, you know, I went to the doctor and I don't, my cholesterol is fine. I don't have diabetes. Those tests are very basic and they're designed for you know, older men or older, yeah, you know, totally. they're basic. And that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about decades of toxins and bad bacteria and viral loads that just start to create ha- taking birth control and medication and the water supply that affect your longevity in the long run. And we do not go to the doctor because we feel good, right? We don't, I had a great day today. You know, I'm feeling really great. I'm going to go see Dr. Susanna, you know, (laughs) we don't do that in alternative medicine and definitely not in Western medicine. 
So we both have to, I strive for longevity is the goal. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're coming in with to seek balance for, it's about longevity because it's, it all really comes down to the same, every disease, every imbalance really has the same dozen root causes. Yeah. Well, let's get into it because we have a lot to talk about with reproductive longevity. And, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, thinking about this topic and longevity medicine is a really hot topic right now. Everybody's talking about anti-aging, longevity. It's all over my social media. And, you know, we see these images of people running marathons and they're 80 and we're like, that's great. And that's totally possible for you. But when it comes to our reproductive health, we're like, oh, you're over 35. It's never going to work. You're never going to get pregnant. You know, you're you're too old. And it's funny how we've assigned these age, kind of an ageism to fertility over any other body system. It's an interesting observation. Definitely. And, um, you know, this generation, they're not ha- thinking about babies before 35, you know, and they've, they've got a lot of energy. But it is ageism. You know, a man can still be fertile way until 67. I just had a couple that he's 67 and very fertile and they just had kids. Um, and so the heavy burden is placed on a woman Mm -hmm. and we live in a society that is very, um, you know, at 35 is the cutoff. And when you look at the cycles of seven in Chinese medicine, there is something to be said about that because, um, you know, it goes into seven, seven cycles for seven years. And so 28 is when we should be having a lot of babies right there before you hit 35, which is the next cycle. But 35 doesn't mean it's too late. You know, it just means that all of these root causes, the toxins, the, the stress, the inflammation, Everything that we've done throughout our lives are going to show up even more. So we just have to work a little bit harder to protect every single cell. That includes your egg and sperm cells, but we have to just work a little bit harder than somebody who's 40 and doesn't want children and is not thinking about it. And they can use all that energy to do HIIT or fitness or other travel the world or things like that. We just have to preserve a little bit more and get a little bit more focused. It's not over. I think from what I see in the patterns, it's just starting. It's just starting. And it's not just fertility at 35. I have girls that are coming in with hypertension, hypothyroidism way before 35. So there's a lot happening here. Well, I turned 36 this year. And so I can confirm all these things that you've been doing over the last decades. They're going to show up right now. They, I guarantee if not by 35, by 40, you're going to start feeling, wow, my knee. I remember I did have a knee injury in college or, you know, roller skating. And I know that was back in the day, but you start feeling things, you know, and things start to change at, you know, 40, 42, because technically the body will use that 10 years to get you ready for menopause. It takes 10 years to prepare you for menopause. So at 40, things do, you do, you do start to feel things, um, which are great things because your brain does, you know, do all other positive things, but the things you thought maybe are post injuries or here, they, they, they kind of start creeping up. <laughs> Coming back. Well, throughout your own story, you identified some environmental factors. You told us that you had investigated heavy metal toxicity. I mean, there's a whole spectrum of things that we are exposed to just by being alive and going outside. And our body has inherent detoxification mechanisms, thank goodness. So we're able to deal with a certain amount, but we have a threshold, right? So in terms of reproductive longevity, or maybe even I'll go as far as to say aging in the reproductive system, what are some of the most important environmental factors that are really driving that process of aging? Oh, of the hundreds of thousands that we can talk about. And, you know, this isn't gloom and doom, but, you know, when I see somebody that's 35 and having difficulty or has low AMH or whatever you've been, you know, diagnosed with or whatever on paper, I don't see you as a 35 year old in terms of your A quality or 40 year old. 
I see you as let's change and shift the mindset here of like, your eggs are not declining. It's what I care about is how long you have been exposed or your eggs have been exposed to all of these toxins than a 30 year old. Mm -hmm. The main one, yes, there are metals there. There's just, there's everything, but the main one that I really want to focus on because, um, it's about 80 to 90% that are, will be affecting your body, your cells, your egg quality, all of that is your food, your food. And so our food supply since 1967 definitely has become very toxic and it's multifaceted, but we have data to show that the, the top one, I like talking about glyphosate because we have decades and decades of data just in America that has shown that this herbicide pesticide, number one used in America, as they continue to spray and spray and spray more every year, you see all of these diseases increase with the increase in spraying. There's, you know, correlation does not mean causation, but the data is kind of really in your face. So, you know, how do we even separate that? And there's so much data on what glyphosate is. And if you don't know what it is, it is the number one pesticide used in America that is grown on most of our conventional crops. And it's the active ingredient in in, um, Roundup. Roundup is probably what most gardeners and most people that work on lawns use to kill the weeds. And that kills our inner flora, our inner garden, our gut bacteria. And glyphosate has been proven to do so much negative damage to our longevity, our everyday gut health, our liver health. I mean, glyphosate has so much data on how it actually impairs ovarian weight, ovarian follicular development. I mean, you can't get more obvious than that when we're having. 30 year olds or 28 year olds with low AMH. I mean, it's, it's been shown to, to impair ovarian follicular development. It impairs the weight of the ovaries, So it can shrink them in size. It's been shown to decrease testosterone, decrease sperm count. It's there. It's all environmental. So when I see infertility rise, it's a reflection of what we're doing as a society with our food supply that nobody's talking about. And, and, and we have to just bring awareness to it that you can make shifts. Why I like talking about glyphosate and atrazine, which is the second one that's used, which is actually more of a feminizing hormone in our water supply and in our bodies is because you can limit your exposure, but people don't know that the food that they're eating to eat healthy may not be as clean as they think. Mm -hmm. So environmentally, I look at the pesticides as my go-to because it's in your water and it's in your food. And this is the 80 to 90% that can really cause damage. And so the kicker is that the buildup of what glyphosate and all of these pesticides have been doing to our bodies didn't start with us. It starts two generations ago. So grandma and your mother. So these toxins, like my kids have built up toxins that I had in my system. They were born with it. And so We're looking right now, all of these imbalances, these diseases that have names in America now, we're seeing really high levels. And, but it's because this has happened as of two generations ago, and this is the buildup that's transferring from generation to generation. And now we're seeing the impact, especially in fertility. We have serious problems and, and we need to address it. And with food, it's the best way to do it. 
Wow. This is making me think of, um, well, three years ago, my family, I have two young daughters, we moved away from the city to become farmers. And now we live on this organic farm and it, Maybe it's just an illusion, but I feel a, a greater sense of control over what we're putting into our bodies. And that means so much to me because of the reasons that you have just highlighted that I know it's for our health now, but there's this transgenerational health that we're affecting when we change the way that we engage with our food supply. So how do we turn this into action? I'm sure that your patients ask you this all the time of like, okay, this data is scary. Is it as simple as just buying organic food? What do I do? That's a good start, right? And so you have to buy organic everything down to your spices. You're lucky you get to grow your own spices and herbs. I, uh, you know, I like to keep everybody unique, where your level, where your threshold, what your capability is. Everybody can buy organic. Um, you know, the prices have been modified. If you eat more whole food, plant-based, you can eat animal proteins, of course, but more of a whole food, plant-based with fruits and veggies the budget will be the same. You can, so that's number one, think organically. Um, I like to think locally, if you can definitely buy from a farmer's market, that would be the best because it's fresher. So you get more active bacteria in your fruits and veggies and you have to actively detox. You have to active, our, our bodies are built to do this. So, you know, don't be scared because this is what our bodies have been want doing for you every single day since you were a baby. They're built for this. But until you hit 40, that's when it says, I need a break. We're halfway through, you know, our, our lives. We need or my, my liver, my gut needs a break. So this is when we start to see kind of the problems. Um, so get a water filter. Best investment you can ever invest in. And it's not a huge investment. Um, now there's so many water companies that you can have a pitcher or you can have a, you know, open the tap, get, I have clients that still drink tap water and the atrazine, the glyphosate on top of everything else in the Midwest is in your water supply. So I have clients that still drink tap water that boil their water because they're killing off, you know, water waterborne illnesses, but that's not what we're talking about here. What about the birth control, the pharmaceuticals? Get a water filtration system, um, preferably one with that can take out fluoride as well. Um, eat organic and make sure you are always eating in a way, regardless of what diet system or nutrition system you adhere to, um, eat for detoxification. That is what I do with my clients. I don't, I don't subscribe to all of these bad diets. I think that that's just confusion and having people fight over, I'm vegetarian. No, vegans are the best. I think it's all just smoke and to not have us talk about how, regardless of what you're eating as a keto person or a vegan, your food is still contaminated. So I, I teach my, my girls and couples to eat for detoxification. So that means eat to digest, heal your gut. Um, so that has to be organic to get the glyphosate out of your gut because it's killing the, the good bacteria that is contributing to poor egg quality, um, poor egg development, mood problems, depression, and anxiety. All of that is because the gut is being attacked by these pesticides that kill the bacteria that make our happy hormones, right? So always eat to heal your gut and for detoxification. I know that word is used a lot now and everybody's detoxing, detoxing, detoxing. I like to see it as you're purifying your body for longevity, you know, but you have to have these rules. Eat for detox. Go to the bat. You have to go to the bathroom more. You know, <laughs> the more you get this stuff out, the better. Um, and always eat for gut health. And so that is contrary to what most people are doing, which is focusing, especially in the fertility world too, the focus with a lot of nutritionists and, and even functional practitioners is eat more protein, eat more protein because we need a lot more protein and healthy fat. I'm the opposite. Eat more fiber, eat more starchy carbs, pump those cruciferous vegetables through your system. 
those are healing chemically and they heal, they heal so much. You don't even know. Um, you need carbs as a woman. That doesn't mean pizza. And that doesn't mean Twinkies. That means squashes, yams, get that fiber in and that feeds your probiotics. That's how I think about action with nutrition and getting this, this, at least the pesticides and a lot of the metals out of your system. You can do this just by nutrition and the water filtration because the metals come from a lot of the water filtration too, um, or the water supply. And so that's how we take action very, very easy and practical and every day. And you'll feel good. Your skin will look good. Your hair will bounce back. You'll have that energy. Your sex drive is going to go through the roof because you're cleaning out your system with the food, not just like, you know, counting calories and making sure you have enough protein just to get through the day. That's not what this is about. This is about cleaning and purifying your system that needs you right now. Mm. Oh, so beautifully said. When I was in my naturopathic doctoral program, I think metabolic detoxification and purification, that's really one of the pillars of naturopathic medicine. And I really resonate with how you said we we just eat in a way that stimulates our detoxification or supports our detoxification pathways. Because I think when people hear detox or they think, you know, of a prenatal or preconception, a preconception detox, that that means colonics or enemas or fasting or, you know, shakes, something really intense. But like you said, it could be as simple as eating lots of fiber-rich foods that are warm and that are cooked and that are beautiful and colored. And that's, that can be enough as long as you're making these consistent choices day after day. And that's what your lifestyle looks like. Make it easy. You're probably already doing what you need to do. Most of my clients, when they talk to me on the phone, on their calls, I eat clean and I eat healthy. When I hear you eat clean, that means something completely different to me and you. You know, I eat clean and healthy. What does that mean? If you're a vegetarian and I'm keto, I don't think that you eat clean. So we have to simplify things. And that's what I'm saying. All these diets for weight loss or for, you know, fertility, all fertility diets, they don't exist. They don't, all of this doesn't exist. It's just noise. It's eat for purifying your systems that are depleted or there's too much. And we can, whatever you come in with nutritionally, we can make adjustments to make it so much easier. And you're going to enjoy feeding yourself. You can still eat treats and things like that, but they're going to be very healing for you. And that's where we have to shift nutrition, not make it very scary and unattainable. You're, you're already doing what you need to do, but there's just so much information out there, especially about protein, especially about protein. And you definitely get enough protein by just eating, you know, even plant proteins, but people we're conditioned to think I need a steak, <laughs> you know, and if, and if you're craving a steak, it's because your hormones are telling you something, or maybe your gut bacteria is, is you're in withdrawal. So I, I look at com nutrition completely different and try to make it very simple for people, whatever you're already doing, we can modify. And then we integrate how to purify your system even more. And everybody tells me, you know, I'm going to the bathroom more. I feel great. And, you know, I eat less, but I feel really good when I eat and I don't fall asleep after I eat or I'm not bloating, you know, so it's, it's, it's really attainable and you really don't have to live on your own farm. Although that's, that's so awesome, <laughs> but you, you, you have the ability to do this at Sprouts or Whole Foods or even a conventional store. It's totally possible to do this. Mm-hmm. You kind of have touched on these different drivers of cellular damage, environmental toxicity being one of those drivers, oxidative stress, inflammation. I mean, the list goes on and on of things that can cause cellular damage. And, and like you said, we accumulate these decade after decade. So we've touched on the nutrition piece a little bit, but I'm hoping you'd be willing to share some of the other, your most important or your top strategies for really reversing and zoning in on that cellular damage. Definitely. 
it's all about um, figuring out where where you are, right? So this is where unique needs are are crucial in our business, right? Because everybody's unique. And so for cellular damage, I, of course, love to focus on the gut and the liver because you you have to protect yourself. Cellular, cellular damage is either coming from your nutrition or from some chemical in the body. So your liver and your gut help you clear those out. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's also viral damage that infertility circles are not, it's not talked about. It's not talked about. So we have to really work on our immune system. So what I do obviously is use nutrition to heal the gut, make the liver function better, but clearly it might not be enough. And then I use, I'm an herbalist. So I love using herbs that are regenerative to all of these systems. And when you heal your gut, whether you're taking supplements or herbs, you're going to absorb them by, you know, up to, up to 80%. And so to protect your cells, we're talking about every single cell. Okay. Um, I like the mushrooms. I like chaga mushroom. I like reishi mushroom because those are antiviral. And again, your fertility rests on, yeah, your liver health, if you can detox in your gut, if you're building all these neurotransmitters, but it also rests on your immune system because if you have viral load and viral toxicity that are feeding off of bad, bad things in your system, your immune system might go after an embryo. Um, you know, there's a lot of viruses like HHV6 that attack implanted in, implanted embryos, whether it's IVF or naturally. It's not talked about a lot. So, I like to use botanicals to protect you, even though you you you, you might say, "Well, I don't have anything viral. I don't have herpes. I don't." These everything's dormant. Everything, it's it's a colony. It's a it's a it's an environment in there. So you always have to protect every single system. The mushrooms are phenomenal for this. And I like reishi because it not only helps improve your immune system, but it's also an antiviral. It's a longevity herb for a reason. It regenerates your cells. So whether it's my liver cells or your egg cells, if you're trying to get pregnant or your sperm cells, this kind of amplifies where you need to go. Um, I like reishi because in my own research, I need something to help protect my liver. You know, on paper, it's fine, but I look at underlying causes. Where are we going to go in 10 years? Well, reishi is going to help me not go there. Chaga is another one. It helps as an antiviral. It helps boost your immune system, not just for colds and flus. We got to go deeper got to go deeper into the cells. Longevity is about anti-aging, not just for your skin, but our eggs, our Mm -hmm. eggs don't want to age. It's just as if we're getting wrinkles, but because we can't see our eggs, we don't focus. We don't buy the expensive face cream. (laughs) Okay. And so we, we can use botanicals every day. And those are the two that I think are safe enough that as an herbalist, I can say like, you can take every day and, and be okay without consulting an herbalist and all, all of the other things. And so it's always an approach of limiting your number one is always, always before you take anything, always knowing your exposures and limiting them so that regardless of what you're doing, you're not exposed every single day. And then second, Heal the systems, whether you think you feel healthy or not, we all can work on this every single day. The gut, the liver, the adrenals, the immune system, things we cannot see in ourselves that might not show up until our 35 or 40, definitely by 45. And so the mushrooms are safe for that. I drink a tonic. Um, I created my own mixes because, you know, this is what I do every day. Um, chaga, reishi, bupleurum. Bupleurum is another favorite herb of mine um, that helps to regenerate the liver. And it's an antiviral. So there's a theme here, antiviral. And um, it helps clean up. It helps methylate. And so bupleurum is another one. If you have it in powder. And I have peony in there. I have a mix. And I make a latte in the morning. <laughs> you know, that's that's my thing. And 
that's how I integrate it. And anybody can integrate it into their lifestyle without feeling like you're going to try another supplement and that's going to let you down. The best way to protect yourselves is decrease this inflammation nutritionally and, you know, the stress and all of this stuff, but also find ways to integrate this into your lifestyle so you can sync better with your journey and not be so stressed out. Right. You reminded me, I was just having this conversation with a patient earlier today. There's a tool that we use in functional medicine that's called the functional medicine matrix. And it's essentially a map of all of the body systems and it's assimilation, right? So that's the gut health piece that you talked about. It's defense and repair, which is inflammation and the immune system. So directly related to what you just talked about energy. So our cellular energy production, it's biotransformation and elimination, the way that we interact with the toxins in our environment. It's our transport mechanisms, our cardiovascular and lymphatic system, our communication areas, so our hormones and our neurotransmitters, and then structural integrity, like the big structures, our bony systems, all the way down to the tiny structures of our cell membranes. And using a tool like that allows me to account for every single one of those pathways and body systems and mechanisms that you just described, I know I'm not going to miss anything because I'm looking at all of those body systems. So of course, we're going to look at immune system, immune function and inflammation, right? That is such a vital body system, but it's missed in a, in the conventional setting. We just, we just don't go there. Not at all. I mean, not at all. I know you, you, you're a woman, you want to get pregnant. You first thing you do because we're conditioned to do this. We go to the OB. Doc, I want to get pregnant. What can I do? Eat healthy, take a prenatal, don't stress. If you're a little overweight by their standards, lose some weight. Wait three to six months, then come back. That's the, that's the protocol in Western medicine. And then when that doesn't work, let's try some Clomid or some Lupron to get you ovulating. Um, and then when that doesn't work after three to six months, um, well, let's go to the fertility specialist. That's the new protocol. And that's completely, it misses the mark, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, as you as a practitioner, what you just explained is not what we do. You know, we'll spend with that same client that goes through that system who are a majority now will they'll eventually come to us when they're not feeling great because of these drugs and the stress and the trauma of what they've been through and then they come to us we're going to spend 6 months cleaning up that lupron what it's done to the immune system the gut the adrenals and the liver right and so it's it's completely off its rocker the way the system is set up um, to, it's, it's causing a little bit more harm and it's completely changing the way we see birthing as an industry. I have a great, my midwife, who was my good friend, um, she is, um, now seeing clients and she always called, she called me the other day and she said, you know what? IVF has totally changed the way we're birthing babies now and and we're having more high risk complications and um she's more of a home birth type but she gets a lot of clients that are emergency hospitalizations now because IVF we're having a lot more complications and honestly I do not believe it's because of age it's because we're missing all of these root causes the the pathways the buildup that when you pump more hormones into the system you're already walking in with that and then we're pumping more hormones into the system that is at its limit and yes we have a baby but we have a high risk pregnancy because the kidneys are inflamed they're overworked they're overburdened the the liver is totally overburdened of course you're going to show up with um uh, preeclampsia, high, high blood pressure in these situations. And the midwives are telling me how birthing is now a completely different industry than when they started 20, 30 years ago. And I think a lot of it is because of the, the IVF industry, industry that we are not addressing 
you know, Western medicine, it's not set up to address it. And we as practitioners on the holistic side, we're seeing that. And there is a lot of work to be done in terms of awareness for that. Because, you know, the doctors aren't talking about um, oxidative stress and building up your reserves and regenerating your liver, building up your adrenal function so that when you have this baby postpartum, you can manage. You can manage with the shifts. You, you're lactating. A lot of women are not lactating anymore. They're not breastfeeding long enough because they're exhausted by the time they have a baby. I mean, you're exhausted naturally after having giving birth but it's completely changed um, birthing and postpartum. Mm. This awareness piece, I think that you mentioned is really important. And I find it heartbreaking that I'm often my patient's last resort. They have done everything and it didn't work. And now they're coming to me when I wish in a perfect world, if I could control everything, I would be your preconception person that you work with before you, like the minute you know you want to get pregnant, a year before you know you want to get pregnant, let me help you get ready and build those reserves and fortify your internal resources so that you're in such abundant health that you're ready to overflow the energy to another human. The story of my career right now. <laughs> every every colleague that of mine, the acupuncturists, the naturopaths who are all in this, we are all, I wish they would come to us. And it's just, we're just not conditioned in our society to, to do this. Number one, because back in the day, we really didn't need to prepare our bodies, right? But, you know, also that's really not true too, because in ancient cultures, as soon as you get married, the whole tribe or wherever you end up with your family, they're they're taking care of you. You know, you gotta nourish the the couple so that they're fertile and vibrant. And but you had a whole tribe, you had a whole community, you know, and so things have changed in in modern modern life. So you know, the concept of preconception is very new. And we still have women that have so much energy because we're running businesses, we're having kids or, or, you know, we're doing more and we have enough energy to do more. So I don't need to prepare. I have energy, you know, and, and I give myself three to six months. If not, I'll go to IVF. And so that's how the industry has conditioned the, the new generation. I, I think it's it's like, well, if all else failed, I will I'll do IVF or I'll freeze my eggs. And when I started almost 15 years ago, IVF was not like that. It was not like that at all. And and it's and it's changed. And it's because I think that the system, not doctors, because I, there's a lot of doctors that are turning to our side. They're becoming functional nutritionists and functional medicine doctors. But the system is not discussing the basics, you know, nutrition, gut health, what we discuss all the time. And um, I don't know where we go from here other than building this awareness and um, having the patients trust that you do have the capability to reverse decades of damage. That's what your liver does. That's what your body is built to do. But I think a lot of people don't believe it and they have white white coat syndrome. Unless the doctor tells you, then, you know, eh, I don't know. But your body was built to regenerate itself. I mean, your skin, hair, every 30 days you get new skin cells, right? Every day your digestive tract regenerates itself. It's just a bunch of cells. So why can't your egg cells or your sperm cells do the same? But we're conditioned to believe at 35, it's all down here, downhill from here. It's not, it's just about the same. It's just the same cells. We just need to focus our attention there. If you haven't before, that's your focus. And so um, preconception is hopefully the future. And I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of hope there. Well, we've been thinking we can stay for babies. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we can even apply this concept 
every cycle, I think about the shedding of the endometrium and kind of releasing what didn't maybe serve us that cycle, but it's creating this new opportunity every single cycle for a new fresh endometrium. Absolutely. You know, most women don't know that every three months is a really, it's a turnover for your hormones, your follicular, your follicular cells mature, all of that turns over. And when I have clients come to me and they're like, how long do you think? And it's like, well, it depends on how fast your, 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 your follicles are turning over, how your, how your, the health of your period. And, um, that's where the cycle start with the basics. So we don't start with the basics. And, um, you know, we grow up in a society where we're not trained to sync with our cycles, understand the health of our period, um, and live with our hormonal shifts. And so women barely find out what ovulation is until it's time to get pregnant. And that's the reality and that's okay. But um, every couple months, your hormones replenish or they, or they go the opposite way, depending on what your body, what your cells, what's coming in through the outside is exposed to. So in the end, key takeaway is these are all exposure imbalances. Okay. So if we limit the negative exposures and start exposing ourselves or our cells to good exposures, that's when we can throw in all these antioxidants and re re regenerate the cells and turn over. And, you know, 42, 43, 44, you still have a healthy baby. It's always changing. And that's what the body does. And that's what longevity is all about. I think that is the perfect takeaway to close our episode. Susanna, I wanted to thank you so much for all of the insights you shared and just speaking so passionately about this topic that it clearly means so much to you. I just really appreciate your time and we could probably talk for five more hours. So we'll definitely need a follow-up, but I am grateful to spend time with you today. Oh, absolutely. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and big thanks to our show's producer, Paola Martini. We'll see you all next time. Did you love this episode and want to hear more? Head over to drkaliawaddles.com slash podcast where you can find more episodes on all things fertility.